Well, hello. Welcome to Katie Speaking Live True Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Smith, and I'm so excited to be with you today because we are going to investigate the question. I am speaking very specifically today to one particular person, and that is the person who is thinking about homeschooling and feeling called to homeschool. So if that's you, then this is for you. So I am a life and business coach. I am a retired homeschooling mom, former missionary, wife to Brian, mother to Gabe and Noah. Um, What else can you know about me? Over a, a thousand coaching hours. And I absolutely love encouraging people to live truly from the place that God is calling them to live from. So whatever the desires are, the hopes are, the dreams are that God has put in your heart, that's really what I want to speak to today. And that's really what I want uh, you to live from. So I just want to empower you with hope, with faith, with love, to say yes to following Jesus wherever he may lead you today. So um, without further ado, please forgive that my camera is not working. Yep. It's just doing something really weird. So let's just go with audio. So for you, um, I just want to inspire you to begin with. How did we start homeschooling? I was one of those moms who said I would never homeschool. Um, when our children were really little, um, we started reading books about education. We started reading about different philosophies of education. My husband is very highly degreed. Um, he is a, a formal educator. We both worked at a university uh, later in life um, toward the end of our kids' homeschooling career. Um, but all of those things, I didn't know that I was going to become a homeschooling mom. And um, I really resisted it, and I'm going to get into the obstacles of why I resisted it, but I want to go ahead and just say, how does God see our children? And let's turn to the Word of God for that. This is from Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 12. It says this, and it's actually God speaking to the Egyptians, but this is what he says, or not the Egyptians, sorry, the Israelites, after they've been taken out of Egypt. This is what God says. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Then the Lord your God brings you when the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities that you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then you will eat and are satisfied. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery. That's Deuteronomy 6, uh, 6 through 12. And I'm going to go back to verses 6 and 7. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. So in order to do that, we're going to have to spend some time with the Lord. What are the commandments? The 10 commandments that God gave us in the Old Testament, those are the commandments that he's referring to here. And the idea is that 
this is how you raise up. This is how you lead. This is how you impress. And we know now through all kinds of psychology, human development studies, that the imprint stage is age zero to seven, that whatever happens in a child's early life are, it's like the, the rails that the child will run on. If you can imagine a train track, it is the train track that a child will go on. So whatever is happening in the home, the first seven years, um, if it's great, it's great. And if it's not great, then like most of us, you will have to do some work um, and they will have to do some work to undo the negative habits or else they will be living on those rails of whatever the negative was in the first seven years. Now, because of the grace of Jesus, this is what's so amazing about the gospel. The grace of Jesus gives us the power to change. And then the word of God tells us how to change. And so when we renew our minds with the word, we're literally, whatever the rails were that were laid down in our first seven years of life, we're literally um, able to, if you will, course correct or redirect the trajectory. And this is really important. So for those who are feeling like they want to homeschool, but this is a little bit scary. This is maybe you didn't grow up in a homeschooling family. Let me tell you my story, how I got into it. So, um, I had some really serious objections to homeschooling for myself. Um, I had a lack of education. I did not graduate from college. I finished, uh, I think two and a half years of college. Um, but I had only been through like, um, the first two years by the time I became a mom. And then, um, I had a lack of exposure to healthy life giving homeschoolers. I think there was one girl that I knew growing up who was homeschooled and she was really nerdy. <laughs> Which is such a judgmental thing to say, but she was like, she was a little too, not me, <laughs> which is terrible. What do I mean by that? Um, okay. Well, these are my objections to the homeschooler that I knew growing up. Okay. She was really close to her mom. I was close to my mom, but not that close to my mom. She was like always sweet. And I was like, I had been through some stuff and I was not always sweet. Um, she was just very like gentle and I was like a tomboy. So, um, yeah. So my objections to her really had nothing to do with homeschooling. I think I was actually probably jealous. Um, yeah, that was probably it. So, um, obstacles to homeschooling that I thought I had lack of education, lack of exposure. Um, I had a serious illness. I had endometriosis and it was getting worse and worse and worse, making me less able to function. This is what my life looked like. Um, by the time our boys were almost three and almost five, I could not function three weeks out of the month. Um, I literally had such bad bleeding and diarrhea and fatigue and headaches and nausea. And it was so bad that I got the ladies in my Bible study at church to petition my insurance carrier to um, give me a surgery so that I could be done with endometriosis. That's how sick I was. So I really thought there's no way I could homeschool. I couldn't even manage my home. Uh, also, I had a huge lack of support. Like I said, I didn't know anybody even as a someone thinking about homeschooling, I didn't have any homeschools around me that, um, that I knew of, or that I wanted to be like, um, for some reason, I just didn't think I had that around me. Um, or they were actually, now that I say that there are two ladies that came to mind that were homeschooling, but, um, I wasn't really close with them. We didn't hit it off. So I just felt very alone. And then, 
here's the thing though. Even with all these obstacles, God gave me victory over all of those things. And within a year of that surgery, actually less than a year later, God brought me the people that I needed. God gave my best friend who was super highly educated, very smart labor and delivery nurse. She decided also to start homeschooling. Um, and we moved to a different city and at the church that we went to, there were all these ladies who were ridiculously educated. Like I remember this one lady, <laughs> Beth, if you're listening, this is you. She had two master's degrees from Columbia and spoke Chinese. Like, I mean, just all these crazy, amazingly accomplished people. And they were all choosing to homeschool and they were choosing to homeschool using what's called the literature approach to education. Now, this episode isn't about going deep on that so much as it is painting a picture for those, for the person who is seriously considering homeschooling. They want to do it, but they have all these obstacles. I had these obstacles too. So lack of education, lack of exposure, serious illness, lack of support, but God, I, he gave me the power to live true. He gave me the power to live true to the desire of my heart, overcome all those obstacles and say yes to homeschooling. So here's what happened. Um, Our sons were going to a very hoity-toity Christian uh, school in San Diego. It was absolutely the best education money could buy. And our son was like five years old doing chess and fencing and Mandarin. And that was the after-school program. And um, we just absolutely wanted to give our sons the absolute best education and life that we could give them, um, particularly education. And when we moved from San Diego to Houston um, in 2008, and we met all those really accomplished ladies, and I went to the Carol Joy Side Seminar, and one of the ladies had already given me all of Carol's CDs back then. They were CDs of her seminar, um, which is, I think it's called uh, Literature Approach to Education. You can find it on her website and I'll um, put her name in the show notes. So actually they're already in the show notes. So you can see that and you can go to her website and get her seminar because she goes really into depth on the why and the how. Um, And I might be able to do that too, but probably not on this episode. So um, I just felt led today to, to talk about this. And I would just encourage you so much that with the right plan in place, you can do it. So Carol Joy side is one of the resources you want to get to know the Hebrew method of education versus the Greek method of education. So I learned this from a developmental psychologist named Dr. Moore, and he compares and contrasts these two different types of education. If you are familiar with the public school system in America, that is the Greek method of education. That's like, um, we're going to fill the bucket We are going to be heavy on textbooks and materials and stuff like that. And um, that's how we're going to educate. We're going to fill the bucket. The Hebrew method of education says you're going to turn out like your teacher. So who your teacher is and what your teacher does and the philosophy of your teacher is your education. And when you think of it from that perspective, it really shifts from what's happening in the classroom to who's in the classroom. And uh, so you partner the Hebrew method, which is uh, who, who is really the teacher? What are they like? What are their values? And then also it's a dialectic approach. So instead of we're going to dump all this content into your brain and test you on it, 
we're going to expose you to all this content, all these stories, all this language. And and history is a huge part of the literature approach of edu- uh, literature approach to education. We are pre we repeat the cycle of history three times, um, sometimes more. You could get a fourth cycle in there if you wanted to, but it's just immersing your child in the timeline of history from creation to the present day, and it's repeating that cycle three times through books and biographies that are related to those periods of history and that are written in age appropriate ways. So that was a mouthful. So what does that mean? It means that when your baby is really little, you can start getting like um, board books and doing uh, reading out loud with the board books. You know, they're like two to three minutes long and you're pointing to the pictures and you're pointing to the words. And maybe you get a book on Jane Austen. They used to have those at Costco. You can get them on Amazon. It's like the child, the baby edition of Jane Austen, right? Well, there's like baby edition of all these famous people now. And so you can get those and read them to your child in an age appropriate way when they're really little. And then you're going to age appropriately find similar resources for early elementary, upper elementary, middle school years and high school years, um, which is just so fabulous. But the core of all of that is reading reading aloud, reading together, listening to audiobooks, and you're doing all of this while you're doing other things. So um, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of the how. This podcast is really just to inspire you to say yes, that whatever your obstacles are, you can find a way to address those obstacles if what is true for you is that God is calling you to homeschool. So does that make sense? That's where we're at in this conversation. So Next, I want to just encourage you to develop your own philosophy of education and write it down and be on the same page with your spouse. And here's what I mean. Um, I actually started homeschooling before I had this uh, written down philosophy of education. Um, And nobody told me, oh, you need to write down your philosophy of education. But I decided after a couple of years that that I did. I had a formula for what I was doing. I had goals in mind for my children our children that we wanted to accomplish. And my husband and I, um, we are very value centered. So uh, what attracted us to each other is that we were both uh, living out of our core values. We're very much uh, valued the word of God, very much valued honoring God, very much wanted to just follow Jesus and know him and know what that really means and share him with other people. And throughout our entire adult life, we found ways to do that, to serve others and share the love and message of Jesus, which is just so amazing. So it really is my calling to encourage you to follow Jesus and live true from that place. But developing your own philosophy of education is going to require you to do some reading, some research, and then you want to write it down. Um, What I ended up writing down, um, I actually lost my written uh, philosophy of education might be in a box that I never unpacked from one of our many moves. But basically it said um, it was a portrait that I wanted our sons to be contributing members of society. I wanted them to know the word of God. I wanted them to love others and serve others and um, be friendly to people regardless of their background or where they came from or who they were um, in terms of like demographics. And then I also wanted our sons, this was really important to us, was we wanted to raise them in a culture, not just in the United States, but outside of the United States. So at one point we actually moved to the Middle East and that was part of our philosophy of education to do that. Um, And we lived there for four months. Um, That's a whole nother story. (laughs) 
um, but anyway, so all, but those decisions were driven by this um, philosophy of education that we got written down. So for you, action steps from today are, what is your vision for your children? I want you to write down what you and your spouse want them to grow into in character and in temperament. So what do you want them to be like in their their character and temperament? Like you can't take the soul out of a child. You don't want to do that. You want to respect their personhood, their personality. But we're all called to be kind and respectful and self-controlled. And that takes work, especially on the part of the parents. That is our job is to help shape the character without um, destroying the heart and the soul of the child. We want to shape it in the way that is going to really help it bloom and grow. So write down what you and your spouse want your children to grow into in character and temperament. Write down what experiences you want them to have before they leave your home as adults. And what are the values you want to instill in them? Write all of that down as part of your philosophy of education. And then what's current? Oh, oh, by the way, one more thing. Education, my definition of education, is what happens in a child's life from the moment they wake up in the morning until they go to sleep at night. My definition of education is what a child experiences, the environment that they are in from the moment they wake up until the moment they go to sleep at night. That is truly the education they are getting. So keep that in mind. Um, Okay, next, you've written your, your philosophy of education. You've written down the vision. You've written down the character, the temperament that you want to help your child grow in, the values of your home that you want them to emulate the characteristics you want them to have as adult contributing to members, contributing members of society, um, able to have relationships that are healthy and life-giving and making choices, not from a place of addiction, but from a place of freedom, right? Okay. Next, what's currently getting in the way of you saying yes to homeschooling? Is it fear? What are you afraid of? What obstacles are in the way that need to be removed? So something to think about. And last, what resources do you need to help you in your vision for your children? What do you need to do for you to feel confident in your calling to live true in your desire to homeschool? Do you want a mentor or a coach to come alongside you? Do you want to read more about homeschooling or listen to more podcasts or read more books? Whatever it is, write it down today. And let me know what you have taken away from this episode, which is created specifically for those who are feeling called to homeschool. I'm Katie Smith, Auntie Katie, Coach Katie, here to serve you, to inspire you, to live full out for the glory of God, for your freedom, for your joy, for your thriving in this life, and to hear at the end, Well done, good and faithful servant. God bless you. Don't forget to check out the show notes. I'll be back next time. Actually, next time we are going to hear from the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. We have a guest coming on on our next podcast. Check it out when we post again. Bye-bye.